0: Hello, friends. This is your friend, Kent C. Dodds, and I'm joined by my friend, Eric Rasmussen. Say hi, Eric.
1: Hello, Kent. It's good to be with you.
0: <laughs> it's good to be with you, too. Um, so Eric is a maintainer of open source, and that's what we're going to be talking about uh, today is the open source maintenance and, uh, and authoring open source libraries, managing open source communities, uh, that kind of thing. Um, but I, I want the audience to uh, get to know Eric a little bit. So, Eric, could you just introduce yourself and uh, tell us about you, and um, before we get into
1: our chat? Sure. Uh, I'm an American from North Carolina who has been living in Spain for the past 14 years because I married a Spanish woman. And my my day job is working with with java applications but on the side i love playing around with javascript and increasingly typescript and the react community i've been involved with react since the day it was uh released by by facebook building little side projects and mm-hmm. things and it's just uh and at one point for some reason i decided to open source a a form library that i found useful to manage form states in redux and it sort of exploded and became very very popular and over the course of that time i have learned an awful lot about the different use cases that different corporations all over the world have with forms things that never would would have occurred to me when i was solving my own little problem with forms and so I don't know. I find it very rewarding to help people with with their with their problems in the open source community. It um, it's been. I, I can't really explain it because there's no you know there's no monetary there's no money in it for sure. Uh, it, but it's it's nice to give back. I guess is the way to say it.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I, I know what you mean. Like, and, and people who are listening who haven't really experienced that, they can maybe get a little taste by uh, remembering, um, like building a, a good abstraction in your work project. Uh, that's, you know, other people start using this function that you made and it's saving them time. And just multiply that by like thousands. Uh, <laughs> um, because that um, building an abstraction that uh, so many people can use um, uh, and save them time and, and improve the maintenance of their app is, is really rewarding. It's, it's super cool. So the, the, um, you wrote the, uh, react Redux final form, right? It's what, what are the, you, you have two form <laughs> libraries, one that's a Redux thing. And then one that's just kind of standalone. Can you talk about those a little bit?
1: Yes. Uh, Redux form is the big one. It's by far the most used mm, form library in React still, uh, and it was sort of my first attempt at managing form states at a, at a higher level because the React docs are only ever show you how to manage pretty much the form state of one input. And if you think about it, you know, what's the company that makes React? How many inputs do they have in their form? Facebook really only has one form input in any particular form, right? <laughs> uh, it's yeah. your status update or it's your reply to the comment thread. Uh, so they haven't put a lot of, or they haven't published a lot of thought about how to manage a form with 25 inputs. Um, and so it was clear that the form, the, the form state had to live up higher above the, you know, in the parent of the forms of the, of the inputs and S at the time redux was just becoming popular as a way to manage states even higher at the application level and so I wrote uh, I wrote a reducer to manage form states and it, it worked pretty well but what happened was and we can get into this with open source maintenance is people kept coming to me with additional use cases and what if it did this and I need this many in I need to make it dynamic, where I don't know all the inputs that I'm going to have when I when I first mount the form, or uh, I need an array of fields and things like this, and so the form library itself kept growing and growing and growing um, to the point where the, the the bundle size sort of got out of hand, and uh, and saying yes to all the to all the requests for features created this sort of mm, monster uh so that that's that, that's the that's the first one uh and i having seen all of these use cases and problems with form ui that people needed solving i i took a step back and looked at how you know is there a better way and that's when i came up with my second form library called final form or React final form is the React version of it, where hmm. it's rather than holding states in Redux or even in in component states, uh, final form is a standalone form states uh, container that it gives you a way to to add fields and it will manage the values of those fields and it will do run validation and it will manage the errors of validation and the submit errors and things like that all the stuff that 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 you need with uh, with managing form state uh, and it's in this self-contained zero dependency javascript pure javascript library and then what once i once i had that I was able to build this little thin veneer over it for react to hook it into react with, uh, with connecting on Mount to register the form and put the form in, in the context and get the, Mm -hmm. uh, and allow the field components to register themselves. And so that's my, my two form libraries are Redux form and react final form.
0: And which one has your heart right now?
1: oh for sure the the newer one uh mm-hmm. react final form i i pretty actively recommend that people migrate and in fact just this week i published a migration guide uh and mm-hmm. it it turns out that because both were written by the same person the the api is really quite similar like it doesn't it's it's so easy to migrate i've so many people have told me that they migrated and it was just trivial to to do Mm. and it's way better on your bundle size it's like from 26k down to 8k so
0: oh wow nice cool so it sounds like a, a really interesting learning process for you as um getting into open source and and um you know having a a wildly popular um library I don't know if you know, but um, in the Angular JS days, I published uh, and maintained the Angular Formly library, um, and yes. that was the most, it's probably still the most widely used uh, forms library with, in Angular JS, um, as much whatever that means. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> um, yeah, so I I know the the pains of forms and uh, people's um, constant requests, and it's just so easy to say yes because you know, like especially as you're the maintainer, you know how to accomplish what it is that they're trying to do and maybe there's a workaround for it, but it's like really hacky. And so you're just like, oh, I'll just make that easier. Um, and you start adding um, specific use cases uh, or support for very specific use cases in the library. And it just grows and grows and grows. You have a lot of if statements <laughs> yep. in, the, in the library to handle all these different options and things. Uh, and it can become, um, you know, Uh, a bit of a weight on your shoulders Uh, did you ever feel like you were uh, like burned out on uh, these libraries and and maintaining this as and then responding to all of the people's requests and and often it's not just like a hey I need this new feature but it's like how do you use your library Uh, and you know I obviously didn't read the manual (laughs) so like it, it can get easy to to get worn out did you ever feel that way
1: I had some times when yes there were a bunch of issues and a bunch of uh a bunch of people you saying you know plus one on the issue uh which is, is always helpful uh and but I don't know I think I I managed the burnout fairly well there there've been times when I take a whole week and I don't even look at the at, at the open source stuff because otherwise you're just you know, if you if you get up every morning and look at all the issues and look at all the stack overflow questions, uh, it can become, you know, like, as stressful as a job, and, you know, a, a job that pays zero. So that's not, uh, that's not healthy. But, uh, and for sure, you get to a point where you can no longer uh, look at every issue or you know, stay up to date with your, with your GitHub notifications, for goodness sake. Uh, That's Mm -hmm. just, if you, if you have a a library that's at all popular, your GitHub notifications are just mm, worthless noise. But, Mm. but I, I do check on, check on the issues. Really, GitHub needs a better way to, to vote on issues. Like some of the bug tracking software out there like Jira and whatnot that have voting on issues. uh, It would be helpful for library maintainers if there was a way to, to see that, you know, this particular issue in the list had so many upvotes or whatever. Uh, But alas, we Mm -hmm. can't, we can't do that. We just have to look through the issues and see where, you know, where the most comments are or something. But no, I, I, I there were times where I had to just step away and, and, you know, go for a walk and do, do something else. But I feel like I've maintained a fairly sane level of uh, open source communication. I don't know.
0: Yeah. Um, I, I can definitely like, I feel that um, pretty strongly as well with um um, my open source projects that I have, um, it can be a bit of a pain. Well, one thing that I found that can be really useful is uh, building a community around the project and, and uh, finding people who can help maintain and triage issues uh, and also finding a place where um, you can just like, move support requests off of GitHub. And so, like, the community learns that, oh, GitHub is not the place to do support. That's where I file issues or request features. Um, And so, like, that's where I have Spectrum. And so if somebody does ask a question, um, typically I or one of the other maintainers will, will redirect them to Spectrum, and that's been really helpful. Have you done anything, like, do you find in your maintenance of your project's that uh, lots of the um, lots of the issues are actually just support requests.
1: Ah uh, yeah. And I think in my in my you know contributing uh, document, it's I, I try and point people towards Stack Overflow first because especially especially with Redux form, there's so many people that use it, and so many times I will I will get to a Stack Overflow question, and it'll already be answered. It'll already have the check mark of the someone that has correctly answered it. So, uh, I it's the community comes with with popularity, and it's great that some people want to help help each other out when when using your your library. I haven't really jumped into Spectrum all that much. Um, it's I don't know it's yeah with uh I've been sending people to Stack Overflow mostly but mm-hmm. then but then people will also answer each other's issues on GitHub so I don't know which mm-hmm. I don't know which is which is better there's there's still no solid solution on a, a good way in my opinion I haven't seen a, a great way to manage a in open source community around a library. Mm. So,
0: so what what makes you do it then? I'm, I'm curious, like if it's um, such a challenge, um, is it worth the effort? And and why is it worth the effort for you?
1: Well, it's very rewarding to have someone say, you know, oh, thank you. We were my my entire team was blocked on this. we couldn't we couldn't fulfill our our requirements for this project. Uh, and from what I've in my experience, the library consumers, the other developers are very grateful for for a library. They understand that you're saving them a whole bunch of time by by releasing this code, and mm-hmm. they're very just, Grateful, and it's it's nice to I don't know. It just feels feels good to to help other people. I can't really put it any more, <laughs> more succinctly than that.
0: Hmm. Yeah. That's uh, there's there's like intrinsic reward um, for uh, for being a somebody who basically your code is running in way more apps than uh, you could possibly build yourself.
1: Oh yeah, that's that's another kind of cool thing that, that will blow your mind is when you have a million monthly downloads. You know that so many projects out there are using your code, and it's always it's always kind of fun. Where sometimes I'll uh, I'll be using a website and I'll be like, oh, this this form works pretty nice, and I'll you know inspect uh, I'll view the source and it turns out oh it's using my library. So that's that's uh-huh. always fun to. To, to spot your your work in the wild, but mm-hmm. I've heard whenever, especially when you go to a conference or something, people will come up to you and be like, "Oh yeah, this this multinational bank that I work for has been using your your library for for a couple of years now," and that just kind of blows your mind that so so many people out there and uh are running code that you that you wrote, which again it doesn't pay the bills but uh it's 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 neat to to know that that you've that you've helped
0: yeah well and then, then there's also the the added benefit of um having more experience right like you're you're certainly a better react developer having been exposed to so many different use cases um and, definitely and recognizing oh like you know, maybe at your job you're exposed to to different use cases, but then somebody else has a particular way that they're using forms, and they're trying to retrofit your library to fit their use case, and it just doesn't work. And and so they open an issue, and now you've been exposed to a totally different way of building forms, um, or using forms on the web. Uh, and so, if you hadn't open sourced it, then you wouldn't have been exposed to that kind of thing. And uh, and and exactly. now because you are, you're more capable.
1: Yes, it certainly broadens your your horizons or your understanding of what people might need a react component to do. And and again, the the other thing about solving other people's problems is you know, one of the reasons that we love what we do is that we love the problem-solving part of, you know, here's a can we get this to do this and how can we figure out a way to to, to accomplish this. And that's just fun. I mean, uh, especially sometimes someone will, will come with an issue and say, Hey, can I get, how can I get my forum to do this? And I will, you know, without even, without even trying, I'll, I'll, I'll have the, I'll, I'll come up with a solution. And then it's hard because, then it's, then, you know, it's like this person can't see the answer, but you with your experience have, and now you have to, you know, take the time to explain it to them or, you know, implement Mm -hmm. it or whatever. Um, but it's, I don't know. The reason I love programming is problem solving and the creative ways that Mm -hmm. we can make code the best it can be.
0: Yeah. And it, it is kind of fun too, like, take their, and this is something that I did a lot with Angular formally is I, our, our website was basically just a ton of examples. And all of those examples came from when I would answer somebody's question, I'd give them this example, and then I'd put it on the website. And instead of giving sending them a link to the JS bin, which is what we were using back then, um, I would um, put it on the website and then send them a link to the website. Uh, and so like, after a while, you had like, you know, tons of examples um and it was kind of a fun challenge like every single time how do i demonstrate this feature in a way that balances the line between contrived and real world so that people Mm -hmm. can um like see the see the forest through the trees or whatever (laughs) and understand what is the the key element that i'm trying to demonstrate here but also um how does this apply in a real world scenario Um, and it is it is challenging um but it's challenging in a good way
1: yeah, and that was one of the that was one of the th- ways that I built React Final Form was that I had a list in my head of all these different ways that people need needed forms to be built. And so I built there are dozens of examples in the React Final Form docs of doing exactly what you what you said. Um of course mm. nowadays we use code sandbox. Uh but it was it's you know, I need a wizard form. Okay. How do you build a wizard form? Or I need uh, a way to have some fields disappear when another field is a certain value, things, things like this, where, because I, even though in my, in my, in my jobby job, I never really had some of these requirements. I knew that those requirements existed out there because I had maintained Redux form for so long. Mm -hmm. And so I was able to go and build all of these examples And I found bugs in my library and I made sure that my library could support all of these, all of these examples. And that's such a great way to, to teach people how to use your library. I I always say, I like to, um, I like to refer to uh, next JS. One of the things I love about, about their repo is you can go to the examples uh, directory and there there's you know, 50 examples of how to use different other libraries with all the CSS and JS libraries. There's an example of how to do it with how to use other libraries in Next. And that gives, that gives me the confidence that, you know, whatever future libraries I'm going to, I'm going to need the people at the, at Zeit are going to work out how to use that with their, with their, with their system. And, uh, It's just nice to see so many examples and whenever your use case comes up and there's a whole bunch of examples, you can oftentimes find a pretty close match to what it is you're trying Mm -hmm. to do and pull that example in and, and learn how to do it. It's way easier than, you know, I don't know, trying to read long prose and in documentation, I think.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree. You talked about with uh, Redux form that people kept on bringing their use cases and it would just bloat the library. Uh, and yep. and there are some problems with that where it's like the, the bundle size, but also the cognitive load on anybody who's trying to u- learn this library. There's just such a huge API. Um, but then you kind of re-implemented all those use cases in final form. Um, but the bundle size is lower and I'm assuming that the API surface layer uh, area is probably lower as well. Um, So can you talk a little bit about how, how do I um, take a use case that somebody has and um, ensure that I can not only like that, I can support it without increasing the bundle size or or the surface area of the library. Do you have any tips for that?
1: Well, they, one of the design goals of Final form from the beginning was to keep the bundle size minimal and so the way I did that was I created this sort of plug in architecture where you could apply you could you could install this other this other library that worked well with final form that gave you for example the ability to handle arrays of fields whereas your your default uh, install of, of final form and React final form isn't going to handle uh, arrays of fields, but there's this other thing you can install that will 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 allow that. And I really like that architecture because it's it's like you're you're building your own form library with these Lego bricks uh, every every time to fit whatever your your use case is, and especially now with, you know, with code splitting and things, you can use a smaller version of a final form for your login page. But then when you have to actually go to, you know, edit your account or, or your, or whatever, you can, you can have the extra code that makes that possible. So from Mm. the, from the, from the very beginning, I wanted to make it flexible so that additional functionality could be added on like that
0: yeah yeah, I, I think that the kind of plugin architecture is really kind of a challenge, but it obviously is a really great way to make a library extensible is by um, uh, kind of inverting control a little bit and giving people uh, the ability to ex- extend the capabilities of of the core library. Yep. Uh it's, it's kind of actually what Babel went through when they uh, switched from everything built in to Babel Five where everything was a plug. Like, I, I can't even imagine uh, going back from that and saying, okay, every Babel plugin is now built into Babel. Like, that would just be a total nightmare. So uh, it it eases the maintenance um, chore for you. And when somebody comes to you with the use case that you just hadn't never thought of before, you can say, well, you can build a plugin, and you don't have to make any changes to the library. So it, it just uh, reduces the maintenance and also m- makes the library more capable to handle um, use cases that were never really considered, or are frankly not really popular or frequently used use cases.
1: Right, your edge cases, like you don't, because with with Redux Form, for example, you your user has to download all of the code to manage complex arrays of fields, even if you're just having, even if you just have two fields on the page, and mm-hmm. that that just seems dumb. You should you should if you can. <laughs> yeah uh you should just have have them download the the core thing that they need to manage your 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 minimal form state and then if you if you need additional functionality you can add extra extra code to your to your bundle
0: mhm yeah and um so cool so if i'm thinking of, like i've got a utility in mind that i want to open source what, what's the process of getting that uh, code open source? Like I, I want to increase the impact of this code and I want uh, other people to use this. How do I go about effectively, um, you know, open sourcing this code um, in a way that will, you know, make that positive in- impact that I want?
1: Right. Well, I mean, you've, you make it public on GitHub and you NPM publish, uh, with a, with a good readme. Uh, your readme should explain your motivation, why this is, why this is useful and show a quick bit of code that's, that makes it clear how, how this is used. But, mm. and then, um, sometimes people ask me, Hey, I've, I've open sourced this thing that I think is really useful. How do I get people to use it? And Mm -hmm. that's a hard question to answer because, uh, you just like, I, the other day someone asked me that on, on Twitter and my, the, the best response I could come up with is, I guess, just look for, you know, do a Twitter search for people discussing the kind of problem that you're, library solves and then maybe sort of butt in and as humbly as possible say oh I had that problem and I wrote this little thing you can use it if you want uh, it's you it, it's kind of rude to go to you know your to any mention of your of your of a competitor and and say hey why don't you use my thing that I wrote um, mm-hmm. yeah. because and you, I'm sure you've seen plenty of that. Um, Uh but it's just, and again, if people use your thing or they don't, you're not, you're not really, you're not losing anything. If someone switches from your library to someone else's library, if anything, you're losing, you know, the having to maintain, you know, another, (laughs) another user. Right. Uh, but on the other hand, it's gratifying to have people use your, use your stuff. So. Uh, it's, it's, it's complicated. If it's, if it's really useful, uh, people will, people will, will use it. I don't, mm-hmm. I don't have anything. It, in it. It,
0: yeah. Typically else? it happens kind of organically. Like when, when you have really good documentation, like really good examples and you're solving a problem that people really, ha- um, are experiencing, yes. Then typically it's going to it's going to be used. Um, often it does take having somebody um, who has uh, some sort of following to use it, really like it, and share it with people. Yes, uh, that can be really helpful. Uh, eventually, if it is um, actually solving people's problems, then that will likely happen. Uh, that actually happened to the Webpack project when Pete Hunt decided it was a good idea. I love that um,
1: talk. That was a, that was a world changing uh, talk when he, that you should link to that. That's great. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So like it, uh, you know, it, so, for for your library to really take off, it often does uh, need some sort of help in that direction. Uh, yeah. But I, I typically don't find libraries um, that are um not well documented uh get to take off like that, that that's kind For of sure. a rare cave um, yes so, documentation uh, is, yeah, like,
1: is key and explain mm. like as like i said explaining the motivation at the very top of your mm. of your readme should be why i built this and what problem it solves mm. and if because if you i've i've seen so many libraries where i, I yeah you know, i look around it's like what does this what does this even do um mm-hmm. And and you're right. That if you if you can get if you can get someone like like Kenzie Dodge to retweet you, then uh, yeah. you'll be off to the races. Yeah.
0: Well, yeah, I just want to be careful because people keep asking me to to retweet their Redux, you know, state management middleware or or their Redux killer or whatever. I'm mm-hmm. not interested in that stuff. <laughs> right. I, I don't use that stuff, and uh, so you need to find somebody who is experiencing the problem that you're solving um, and, and right. who is just entrenched in, in this uh, kind of problem. Um, yeah, because it, if they're not, then like, yeah, maybe they can retweet it, but they can't really say anything about it. And and especially people who have a big following don't want to share something with everybody that follows them that they don't really know about, that they haven't vetted uh, and they yeah. often don't have time to vet the, uh, the project anyway. So that's why having really great documentation, um, is, is key because I do sometimes feel comfortable when I see, I, I go through the documentation, I get a really like, and I've only got like 60 seconds to do this. So I get a really clear picture of what it does and it looks like a pretty smart idea. Then I'm fine, uh, tweeting that and saying, Hey, this looks like it could be a good idea. Um, mm-hmm. and and then, uh, you know, then it's your job as the maintainer of the library to uh, to take those eyeballs that um, I've given you and and uh, turning those into uh, users of the project uh, and hopefully contributors of the project as well. Um, so, yeah, if. Um, yeah. And, and as soon as uh, you. Sorry, go ahead.
1: As soon as you launch your thing, you need to be willing to put in time to. To look at issues and fix bugs and and add features because if people if you do get some eyeballs you're gonna get people saying, uh, "Hey, can can it do this in this case?" And you're 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 gonna get requests and or or you know where people find bugs, and the the more the more on top of that you can be, the better chance you're gonna have to actually get your thing off the ground if you. Open source something and then don't look at it for a couple of months, and people come and complain, and nothing happens. Then you're gonna you're gonna lose those people. You got to be uh, there on the ground, ready to uh, to make those quick fixes as people give them to you.
0: Yeah, great. So Eric, as we're wrapping up here, um, I I think that our, our call to action for people um, for this episode should be uh, to release some open source software. And it doesn't have to be like, you know, the solution to uh, date pickers on the web or something like that. that might be a little ambitious for your first open source project. It could be just like a, a little utility function that you found to be really useful for yourself. Um, and it's, um, if this is your first time, it's less about um, getting, um, you know, a lot of users and more about learning the process of open sourcing um, some software, uh, which I think will help you develop some empathy for open source maintainers, um, help you understand what the process of releasing software is like, um, which I think everybody should really learn uh, learn about. Uh, and I I can give people one resource that I've made. And then maybe Eric, if you have some uh, resources uh, and ideas, then that could be helpful. But I have this uh, free course on Egghead uh, called How to Write an Open Source JavaScript Library, where I show you the process of of open sourcing um, a library on there um, on NPM. And, um, and so you can watch that course and, and that could help you get something open sourced. Do you have any other tips or ideas of how to help people get their um, utility open sourced?
1: I've, I've lost track of the number of times when I've Googled how to do something and I come up with a Kent C. Dodds, uh, video explaining exactly how to, how to do the, <laughs> the one thing that I'm trying to do it, it, it really it's, you've been so helpful. Um, no, your, your video is probably a great place to start. Um, the other thing I wanted to add was right now we're at a time when, uh, with with react hooks there's so um there's such a lot of you can release a really useful uh hook that that composes a, a couple of react things and uh there's a lot of there's a lot of useful things that can be released as a hook these days that that's because hooks are so relatively young there's a bunch of there's still a bunch of cool stuff that we're going to discover of a common hook use case that um that if you can if you can think of something clever that you know that solves some particular problem with um with hooks that's a that's a good place to start
0: hmm yeah absolutely it's still like a pretty young ecosystem there so there's a, a lot of um opportunity very cool, Eric, it's been a pleasure to chat with you. Um, I hope that people learn to uh, create some open source software and what management of open source is is like. It is super rewarding, um, it's also super challenging, uh, which is, I guess, maybe part of the reason why it's so rewarding, um, kind of go hand in hand. Um, but uh, yeah, as, as we wrap up, Eric, what uh, are the best ways for people to get in touch with you if they have any questions or anything?
1: well i'm at eric Rass on twitter e r i k r a s and my my final form library is at final form final dash form dot org and any of those uh, any of those places twitter is a the the most direct route to get in contact with me and i would love to hear feedback from everybody so
0: Great. Thank you so much. And uh, with that, we'll say goodbye. And we'll see you all later. Bye.
1: Bye.